the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you'll get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Micah Koop. Hello and thank you for joining us today. You are listening to The Word in South Texas, AM 630 KSLR. I want to welcome you to our Church of the Week feature. We're speaking today with pastors with the pastors of Shepherd of the Hills Lutheran Church, Pastor Dan Miller and Pastor Chris Kennedy. We want to welcome you to the studio today. Thank Hi, you. Micah. Thanks for being here. It's a privilege to visit with you today, especially um, during this time of the year when we celebrate the birth of the Savior. Thank you so much. Uh, Pastor Dan, can you take just a, a minute, Pastor Dan Miller, and uh, we're gonna, we want to talk about Shepherd of the Hills Lutheran, but can you just introduce yourself to everyone listening? I go by Pastor Dan at Shepherd of the Hills, and um, I'm one of the five pastors there, um, jokingly referred to as the old guy. <laughs> I've uh, been there for 34 years and uh, have been blessed with the opportunity to watch God at work in the congregation in a number of different ways. And one of those ways is by um, bringing into my life some wonderful co-workers in ministry. And I'm guessing you're referring to the man sitting next to you, which is Pastor Chris. Pastor Chris, can you just take a minute and introduce yourself as well? Sure. Thanks, Micah. And thanks again for having us here today. We're really pleased to have this opportunity. Uh, Pastor Chris Kennedy, uh, been at Shepherd of the Hills about four and a half years, originally from Arlington, Texas, seminary in St. Louis, and came down to Shepherd in 2008 and uh, came into a really wonderful congregation. Great people there, wonderful staff, wonderful leaders within the church, and just some exciting ministry going on. So just always uh, has been a pleasure and a privilege to be a part of the ministry at Shepherd and real excited with all that God's doing there. Excellent. Now, Pastor Dan, you said you've been there for quite a while, uh, and uh, you, you, uh, you've you seen the church go through a, a lot of different changes, and I'm sure your family's been through a lot of ups and downs through all of this as well, but what, what brought you to San Antonio? <clears throat> Mike, I started out in Laredo, Texas, and uh, served a church there in a second church in Zapata, Texas. Um, I came to Texas straight from Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, Missouri. In the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, when you graduate from the seminary, you're placed in your first ministry, and I was the only bilingual in my class, and they asked if I'd consider a bilingual setting, and I said no, and wound <laughs> up in Laredo and Zapata. I uh, was there for three years, had a wonderful time there. Uh, two of my children were born in Laredo, and uh, then uh, received an invitation from Shepherd of the Hills in San Antonio to uh, come work with uh, this congregation and uh, accepted that invitation uh, and have been here since. Now, Pastor Dan, your last name's Miller, so a lot of people may not understand that uh, 
you are bilingual and why you're bilingual. So can you give us a little bit of background on, on how you, uh, you turned out bilingual? I was born in Brazil where my dad was a missionary for 24 years. And uh, I lived there for the first 11 years of my life. I learned English when I was 11 years old. Uh, grew up speaking Portuguese, which is very similar to Spanish. Not identical, but very similar. And um, close enough that that I can manage in Spanish pretty well. And um, so was blessed to be bilingual by virtue of uh, being the son of missionaries. So now you speak uh, English, obviously, uh, and Spanish well enough and Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And just those three? <laughs> uh, just those three. I can see a handful of words in, in okay. French and German, but just a handful of words. Okay. All right. Now, and, and you, you're, uh, you're, tell us a little bit about your family before we, before we move on to anything else. God blessed me with um, my wife named Sharon. Uh, we have a daughter and two sons and seven grandchildren, ranging in age from eight to two months. Wow. Wow. That's, that's awesome. That's a, a great heritage and a great heritage from your father as well to uh, have that legacy of ministry. Now, Pastor Chris, you're, you're, uh, you're starting your family, as I understand. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about, about your background and your family? Sure. Yeah. Um, I'll go back to when I first came to Shepherd of the Hills 2008, uh, snowy day in St. Louis at the seminary, and Pastor Dan and a few others came up to interview candidates, and uh, sort of a matchmaking process between the seminary and the churches, and uh, ended up that Shepherd of the Hills was my top choice, and, and they they wanted me to come as well. So came down in uh, late June of 2008, and um, in August, of that year, uh, greeting line after church, met a really neat girl, and uh, we ended up becoming friends, um, dating, getting to know each other, and, and getting married in uh, January 2010. Her name's Ashley, and uh, so we've we've been married and, and uh, have been blessed with our first child recently, this past September, so he's celebrating his first Christmas, uh, which is such an exciting occasion. His name is Caleb, and, and uh, such a joy. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you guys for being here and, and want to get into all, all of the things you guys are doing at Shepherd of the Hills. We're with Pastor Dan Miller and Pastor Chris Kennedy of, of Shepherd of the Hills Lutheran. And uh, but before we move on to those things, I just want to uh, to take a minute and ask each of you, because this, this is a, a question I, I think a lot of our listeners might have is, what made you decide on a life of ministry? You know, there's all obviously all kinds of things you can do, especially if you speak three languages. Um, what, what made you decide to, to uh, I guess, surrender to a, to a call to the ministry? Or, or what was your experience, Pastor Dan? Um, I think my call to ministry came by virtue of the fact that my dad was a pastor. Um, my dad um, read all the Bible stories to me. By the time I was five years old, I pretty much knew all my Bible history uh, because my dad would take me into his office and uh, read the Bible stories to me regularly. Um, Occasionally, he would take me with him when he was doing the work of a missionary. Um, At one time, my dad had 21 separate preaching stations in Brazil, and traveling to all of those was difficult. I didn't do all of that with him, but but I regularly got to go with him. And watching him at work... um, I think is how the Holy Spirit worked in my life. By the time I was five years old, I knew I was going to be a pastor, and 
I've had opportunities to do other things. I've had a lot of jobs, uh, worked in radio for a while, um, worked in the hospital for a while, uh, drove a gray line sightseeing tour bus for a while, uh, but uh, always, always knew that I was going to be a pastor. And, um, and I, think, I think God caused that to, to be in my heart because my dad was a pastor. And what was it about the life of a pastor that you you felt maybe the the drawing even at a young age was it was it the uh, the the ministering of the word was it the the stories from the word was it helping people what was it that really kind of solidified that in your heart That's a great question um, I think probably I'd have to say the opportunity to be a part of people's lives in the best moments, like weddings and baptisms, and in the most difficult moments, like funerals and some of the other traumas that families go through. Pastors um, pastors kind of become a part of the family with a lot of people, and they get to be the presence of God in those people's lives. Definitely, and you got to see a lot of it from a very young age, so... You were you were well equipped, I'm sure, by the time your your journey started. Now, Pastor Chris, what was what was your experience in in feeling the call to the ministry, and what was uh, your choice for uh, deciding to pursue that that route? Sure, I was one of those kids who grew up in the church my whole life, so I felt very comfortable in the church. I actually intended to be a a journalist. I I was in school for journalism for a while, and felt that maybe that wasn't the right fit for me, felt a calling in a different direction. And and so I began to explore possibilities of going into ministry, visited the two seminaries of our church body, and um, decided to, to take that route. And you know, the one time in life I think that really moved me in that direction was uh, teaching first grade Sunday school. Uh, I just enjoy that so much. And I know you can't be a first grade Sunday school teacher for a living. So I thought I'd look into being a pastor. But um, just uh, the opportunity to help people and to help them in this life and also in the life to come uh, by knowing Jesus as their Savior was a powerful calling on my life. Excellent. Now, you mentioned kids, uh, Pastor Chris and and Pastor Dan, you, you obviously were in a lot of different settings with uh, with ministry in in Brazil and and afterwards. But uh, one of the things that that maybe a lot of people don't know about Shepherd of the Hills that that uh, that you guys are, and obviously from the from the discussion we've had so far, we can see see why. But one of the one of the mission statements, I guess, that that you publicize is that your desire is to be a place of refuge in a stormy world. Um, and that there's a there's a desire in you to multiply those places of refuge throughout uh, throughout our world. So um, talk a little bit about that. Where, where does that vision come from, and, and what's the heart behind that, Pastor Dan? The the, the vision statement was developed um, from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. That psalm is the biblical basis for the hymn. A mighty fortress is our God. Mm-hmm. And a mighty fortress is like the national anthem of the Lutheran Church. Um, obviously a very special hymn to us because Martin Luther wrote it. Um, the rest of that psalm says, Though the earth should change, though the mountains should shake in the heart of the sea, um, though the oceans roar and tremble with tumult, the Lord of hosts is with us. No matter what happens, no matter how uh, 
severely the world gets turned upside down, the good news is that God remains the same, faithful, loving, gracious, merciful God, and empowers us to get through everything. So from that psalm, we took the idea of wanting to be a place of refuge uh, where people hear the good news of God's love for us in Jesus. And as time went by, we were led to think that just having one place of refuge is good, but having more is better. And so <laughs> our our mission statement is that that we empower people to work in their neighborhoods, in their homes, in their workplaces, um, all over the world, to create as many safe places as possible. Um, we talk about that particularly when, when children are, are baptized in worship. Uh, Pastor Chris can, can share the, the little speech that we usually give. Usually after a baptism, we'll take a child and uh, stand in the center of the church for the congregation to see their new brother or sister in Christ, and we'll say that we're called to be a place of refuge in a stormy world and to multiply places of refuge, and everything that you do to make the world a better place, to make a difference in people's lives, is multiplying places of refuge, even the very smallest thing that you do. Um, we all have an opportunity to make a difference and to share God's love and God's grace. And uh, so uh, it's something that God entrusts to the whole priesthood of believers, every single one of us. That's so excellent. That's a that's such an amazing legacy to pass on, you know. And and the concept of that, I I truly love the 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 concept of one generation handing off a blessing to the next generation and and that whole idea and that's that's something i really see in your congregation and uh something that a lot of people may not be aware of that they're not part of your congregation is the reason we have pastor dan uh, Miller and Pastor Chris Kennedy here is because there is a changing of the guard coming. Pastor Dan, you've been there for years instituting th- this ministry and seeing that this place becomes what it is and building this. And now you're, in a sense, passing the torch to uh, to a mentee and, and someone that you've, you've brought up behind you and trained behind you. Uh, l- let me ask you first, Pastor Chris, what is it like to to uh, come into a situation where someone who's been established for, what, 30-plus years in, in ministry and, and really built a strong foundation at a church, coming in behind a, a, a amazing man of God like that into a, a full-time pastor role very soon where he's going to be transitioning onto the next phase in his life. Sure. Uh, I have always felt very honored to be able to work beside Pastor Dan, someone with such great experience and skill. I remember uh, in seminary, there was a pastor who gave us some advice and said, you know, you'll always have time later on in life where you're in charge of a ministry. Um, but if you can, be an associate pastor sure. underneath someone who is skilled, uh, who can help you to learn those skills, right. and you'll appreciate that for the rest of your life. And so working beside Pastor Dan has been very helpful to me, and to walk into a congregation that is solid, that is vibrant, that has benefited from a long-term ministry has had a great impact on me. And so I think my ministry uh, has been all the better for that experience. That's amazing. And Pastor Dan, to be able to 
see that uh, you you get to hand off the ministry to, into such capable hands. What has that been like for you, having been at Shepherd of the Hills since 1978? What is it like to to be in this season where maybe the Lord is calling you to other things and, and it's a, a different phase in your life and, and to be able to pass that torch? I'm, um, I'm deeply grateful for uh, the opportunity to be in transition and to um, be passing on the torch to Pastor Chris. When we interviewed candidates, we had already this in mind and um, had some pretty clear ideas of what we wanted. Starting a church, I didn't start Shepherd of the Hills, but Shepherd of the Hills was very young when I first came there. Um, it required a much more entrepreneurial style of leadership. Absolutely. And, um, and by the grace of God, we were able to do that. Uh, but as the congregation has grown and uh, been blessed, now we need uh, what we're calling a more organizational approach. And Pastor Chris has those specific gifts uh, and is going to be able to lead our congregation into a new chapter of its life. Um, for me, it's a matter of letting go of, um, of responsibility and, uh, and of and a lot of close contact. Um, and that's a hard thing to do. I've been a part of people's lives for a long time, um, but I'm not going to be there forever. And um, one thing or another is going to make sure that that happens. Um, so it's important to me that somebody will be there to continue the work of God, uh, to continue the work of the kingdom of God in our little corner of that kingdom. Um, and it's wonderful to watch how people are connecting to Pastor Chris. He's begun some new ministries there. We have a thing on Wednesday mornings called uh, Bible and Breakfast, and that's a project that he started on his own, and it has a steadfast, faithful following. And uh, little by little, connections are being transferred from me to him. Um, I've shared with him that I regularly pray for him the way Elijah prayed for Elisha. When that transition happened, um, Elisha prayed that he would be blessed with a double measure of everything that God had given Elijah. I pray for that for Pastor Chris regularly. Not necessarily that he'd have six kids since I have three, <laughs> but, um, but that the support of the congregation, the love of the congregation, um, that all of those things, that, that he'd be blessed in double fashion to the way that I've been blessed. You know, I think that's so important. And um, a lot of times as, as young men and, and even teenagers and young people that, that – uh, you know, that we work with on a regular basis. I think it's so important for them to understand uh, what you said, uh, Pastor Chris, about needing to to have a mentor and needing to sit under someone that has wisdom. You know, uh, the Bible's very clear that we're supposed to seek counsel, you know, and not try to just be out there doing our own thing. And, uh, you know, and, and the other side of that, Pastor Dan, that I, I really respect is that so many people, um, as they have gone through the experiences, they've they've built ministries, they've built businesses, they've they've uh, you know had families. They forget sometimes that there are people coming in behind them that need help. They need uh, maturity. They need to uh, 
to have someone encourage them and bring them along. So, Pastor Chris, can you talk just for a minute to to young people out there or to anyone that's maybe dealing with a young person and and tell tell them in your experience what is the significance of that? Okay. Um, You know, I've really appreciated having uh, mentorship from many different areas. Pastor Dan has been a huge influence on me, and I I try to take from uh, what other people have done in my life as well, whether it's other people at the church, other people throughout my life. I think uh, for young people to look and to see what can I learn, what can I gain from different people, from their expertise, from their wisdom and experience, and to identify people who are role models and, and to have a goal and to know what would you like to, to receive in this relationship, to ask questions and to, to be open to correction, to improvement, to gaining understanding. Just that spirit of learning, I think, is really important. Mike, if I can go back for just a minute, um, I want to encourage anybody that's in a leadership position, whether they're in in, in a leadership position at home, uh, at work, in the church, wherever they are, to invest time and energy in transition. Tragically, in the church, we have a whole lot more examples of how congregations fall apart when there's a transition in leadership, many more examples of that than examples of congregations flourishing and continue to grow when the leadership changes. Um, And examples in Scripture. Moses mentored Joshua for a long time. And when Moses was taken, Joshua stepped right in and finished the job that Moses began. There is no indication in Scripture that Joshua mentored anybody. And when Joshua was gone, anarchy mm-hmm. settled into Israel. Um, so one of, the, one of the greatest gifts that a leader can give, I think, is to do everything in his power to position whatever institution he's involved with, um, secular institutions the same way. Um, you know, it's the president's job to inform the vice president just in case the vice president has to take over. Um, so being involved in transition is something that, that I would really encourage leaders to give attention to. You're listening to Pastor Chris Kennedy and Pastor Dan Miller of Shepherd of the Hills Lutheran. Uh, great things coming from both of you guys. Uh, Pastor Dan, something I wanted to ask you uh, before we move into to talking a little bit more about Shepherd of the Hills, but one of the things that you guys established back when you were, were in leadership was the school. And from talking with both of you and even this interview, I can see that there's such a heart for the next generation at Shepherd of the Hills. Can, can you tell us a little bit behind the vision and the purpose of the school? The starting of the school was... Um just a powerful demonstration of the grace of God at work. Um, I came to Shepherd of the Hills in November of 1978, and one of the conditions of coming was that the congregation would agree to start a school. In the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, schools are very important. Uh, We have one of the most extensive school systems in the nation uh, with a number of universities, including one in Austin called Concordia. I wanted a school for the sake of the ministry, but I wanted a school also because I had children who were about to start school. (laughs) 
and um, the congregation agreed. We opened the school with eight students, uh, four in kindergarten and four in first grade, and two teachers. Um, In January of that school year, I enrolled my four-year-old daughter in kindergarten because we needed to boost enrollment. And um, the second year of the school, I was principal as well as pastor, and we had about 40 kids in the school that year. And then the third year, a man by the name of Tim Eichstead came and became principal, and and the school just took off from there, um, just blessed in extraordinary fashion by God. Um, The school provides us an opportunity to touch over 400 children every single day. Only 15% of the kids in our school belong to our church. Half of the kids in our school do not belong to any church at all. And recently, a number of the children in our school come from foreign lands and religions that are not very common in the United States. So on a daily basis, in the classroom, in chapel, in general interaction, we have an opportunity to share the good news of God's love um, over and over and over again with a bunch of kids Uh, One of my favorite stories of the school, years ago, there was a girl in our school that was an only daughter, and her dad had been a pilot for the Shah of Iran, and when the Shah was deposed, he escaped the country with his wife and daughter, and he was a Muslim. He was concerned that his daughter wasn't learning the Muslim tradition and not all that happy about the fact that she's saying Jesus loves me at home all the time. <laughs> and uh, one day he asked his daughter if she knew who Muhammad was. And she said, yes, Daddy. He's the cab driver that brought us home from the airport last time. <laughs> um, she knew Jesus a whole lot better than Muhammad. And um, she learned about Jesus in our school. And um, for that, uh, I praise God. That's an amazing legacy you're passing on once again to the next generation. Now, Pastor Chris, can you take a minute and, and tell us about, uh, for those of you that maybe that are listening that would like to visit Shepherd of the Hills, can you tell us a little bit about the services you offer? Sure. Yeah, we have a busy worship schedule where we have four services every weekend, and once a month we have five services. Uh, we have services at 8 o'clock and 1045 on Sunday mornings, and those are led by the organ and often by our choir and our band. Um, And we also have a service at 7 o'clock in the evening on Sundays that repeats the order of service from the morning. We also have a Saturday evening service at 6 o'clock, and that's a contemporary service with drums and guitars and a band. And uh, that's a more casual service with uh, we'll wear jeans and polo shirts. Um, And then also the once-a-month service is called Crosswalk, and we call it a place for the young and young at heart to walk with Jesus. And that's more laid back than the laid back service. Um, <laughs> laid, laid back. <laughs> exactly. Uh, 11 o'clock, uh, second Sunday of the month in the gym. So not in the, the worship center, but in the gym. And uh, we'll involve our school classes. They'll sing a song or perform a skit. Um, we don't have one long sermon, but we have multiple, we call them teaching times, 
to try to work with the attention span of young people. <laughs> and so that service is geared toward young families. So we, we try to meet a variety of needs in our services, whether it's people who prefer a traditional style, a more contemporary style. Um, and we hope that, that God's grace is heard on all those different levels. Well, I want to thank both of you for coming in today, Pastor Dan and Pastor Chris of Shepherd of the Hills Lutheran. And you can visit them at 6914 Warsbach Road in the Medical Center or at shlutheran.org. Thank you for joining us today for the Church of the Week feature. I am Micah Coop, and keep listening to AM630, The Word in South Texas, KSLR. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've got a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you would like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.